the Lord's been talking to me about reclaiming the air around you. In Ephesians chapter 2, it's the only place I know about in the scripture that our enemy, the devil, is referred to with this title. But in the second chapter of Ephesians, Paul writes and he uses this unique phrase in talking about our adversary, the devil, and he calls him the prince of the power of the air. And I don't know about you, but I've, each year that I've walked with the Lord, I've come into a more conscious awareness that there is and there are rumblings and warrings going on in a realm around me right past where my physical eye can see. And this realm around us is that air. If you look up that word air in the Greek, it's talking about the lower air from the higher air. And it's the air that's closest to us, it's around us. And it's also referring to an atmospheric region. And I don't know about you, but there's just different seasons and times that you walk through as a believer that you have a sense of opposition. You have a sense of enemy advancement. You have these bombarding thoughts. You have this anxiety that tries to come on you. You have this thing that tries to steal your sleep and rob you of your peace. And you and I have to come into a place of awareness and understanding that we're in the middle of a war. There's been victory determined in Jesus. But we have a real adversary, this prince of the power of the air. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, we read the following. Peter says, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Everybody say resist. Firm in your faith, knowing the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Suffering from trial. Suffering that's the result of trial. Suffering that's the result of walking through a battle that you might currently be facing is not something common to you. Sorry, it's not something unique to you. It's something that's shared by anybody that's bearing the name of Jesus and is advancing in the kingdom of God. Enemy resistance is part of what we encounter as we walk with the Lord Jesus. And we have to understand and know that we have to come into a spiritual awareness of what's going on in this air around us where our enemy is operating from. And you say, well, how do you know that you're in the middle of warfare? How do you know that there's an invisible fight going on around you? Well, because like all things, the Bible tells me so. And in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, reads this way. Paul's finishing up a letter to the church in Ephesus. And uh, as he's finishing up this letter to the church in Ephesus, he has these closing remarks. And he starts off this passage by saying, finally. Sounds like he's tired of writing. Finally, we're going to get to this. He says this. Listen, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle. 
Everybody say wrestle. wrestle. Against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's something going on in the air around you day in and day out. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, there's a resistance that's going on in the air around you because once you make a decision to follow Jesus, you become a vital threat. You become a marked, fire-filled individual that has the ability to reign terror on the camp of darkness. The enemy only puts up a fight against people that he's afraid of. And I really felt this word from the Lord come to me several weeks ago in regards to reclaiming the air around us and living with an intentional focus of understanding that some of the things that we're experiencing mentally, physically, emotionally, and relationally are stemming from an invisible fight that's going on in the air around us. See, the thing that you have to understand about the spirit realm or this realm of the air is Hebrews says that all things that are visible are made from that which is invisible. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. The nature of the spirit realm is that it's constantly seeking an avenue through which to materialize itself. That's why you can have people in your life that seem to materialize the lies that the enemy's been whispering in your ear with their mouth. That's called enemy opposition. That's also why you have experiences in your life when somebody materializes with their mouth things that God's been speaking to you in your heart. The holy and the unholy spirit are constantly seeking Ways to materialize themselves in your life. The Holy Spirit to build you up, to strengthen you, to equip you, to bring you into a place of peace. And this unholy spirit, this spirit that works on behalf of the prince of the power of the air. The devil and his demonic legions are seeking to steal, kill, and destroy your peace, your health, your livelihood. And one of the things that breaks my heart more than anything else is to see Christians that are signed up for a fight that they don't even know is going on. One of the things that breaks my heart is to see Christians engaged in the middle of a fight that they don't know how to stand up in. One of the things that breaks my heart is to see Christians in the middle of a life in which they're trying to live for Christ through carnal means. There is something going on in the air around you. You can't always put your finger on it, but you can, you can have a sense. There's, there's something that happens whenever you're encountering enemy opposition. That if you're following in the Holy Spirit and you're listening to His voice, there's an attentiveness that comes over you to pay attention. God's trying to speak His wisdom to us. He's trying to show us pathways and keys to victory But those only come if we allow ourselves to be aware of his presence. See, I have this problem when I talk to Christians on a regular basis 
that are able to tell me more about what the devil's telling them than what God's telling them. I've never met a Christian one that wasn't able to tell me what the devil's been up to lately. Well, the devil's really been telling me this lie. The devil's really been coming up against me in this area. And there's times and places in our lives where we're either one ignorant of a fight going on in this air around us, this spiritual environment around us, or two, we're focused only on what the enemy's doing and we're not able to respond based upon the power of God because we're living reactively to the enemy's advance. And the only way to win a fight against cosmic powers, the only way to win a fight that's a spiritual one is to first submit to God and then resist the devil in accordance with the book of James. So many people are trying to resist the devil before they submit to God and they're powerless in the spiritual fights that they're engaging in. We have to come into a place of submitting to God and listening to my friend, my my dear friend, Pastor Jacob, share on Sunday about this recent battle, this recent war that he and his family were in. There was a couple things that stood out to me. And one of these things is that Jacob created in his life these disciplines and these pathways to daily become conscious of God's presence. Because here's the thing that you have to know and that you have to understand. And yeah, I've got a little mood music going on behind me tonight because we're clearing the air. We're going to allow ourselves to settle into what God's saying. And we're going to allow ourselves to come into a conscious awareness of a real fight that we're engaged in day to day. And we're going to win the fight. And it's going to take us clearing the air. It's going to take us eliminating distractions that keep us from being cognizant of God's presence. What I love about what Pastor Jacob shared on Sunday is this, is that he talked to you about a discipline that's been in his life for years in regards to praying the Psalms. And here's the thing you need to know about spiritual disciplines. Prayer, solitude, silence, thanksgiving, serving, whatever spiritual disciplines you might have in your life. The point of those disciplines is never so that you will be disciplined. And the point of those disciplines isn't so that you leave with a very high retention in regards to memorization of Scripture. And the point of those disciplines isn't so that you can impress your friends with how, how eloquent your language of prayer is. The point of those disciplines in our lives, and the point of engaging with God in prayer, the point of learning how to engage in certain disciplines that set us up to be able to to succeed in the midst of fights, spiritual battles in our lives. The point of all those things is they bring us into a conscious awareness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Time in the Word, daily devotion in the Word, as Pastor Randy shared on Wednesday, is not just so that you can be devoted. It's so that you can learn how to recognize Jesus like that. Time in prayer isn't so that you can be spiritual. It's so that you can tenderize your heart to immediately lock your ears onto his voice whenever the enemy's trying to scream at you. The point of the disciplines is Jesus. The point of, in, the point of training yourself in spiritual weapons of warfare, prayer, being in the word, private worship, getting along with God in your secret place. The point of all those things is so that you would be able to, in the middle of a real fight, 
in the middle of bombs bursting around you, in the middle of doctor's reports that shake you to the bone, in the middle of things that are going off in the air around you, trying to distract you, trying to captivate your attention, trying to whisper lies into your heart and into your mind. The point of those things is so that in that moment you can be conscious of the Prince of Peace. One of my favorite quotes that I love in regards to God's peace that he wills to deposit smack dab in the middle of, middle of whatever current fight we might be going through is that God's peace in your life is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. You having peace in the middle of battles in your life is not the absence of the fight. It's you developing skills. As Liam Neeson would say, particular sets of skills that make you a nightmare to the powers of darkness. So that whenever your brother and sister comes under attack... You become that spiritual ninja killer assassin that's able to come alongside them and facilitate deliverance. See, the Bible says that in all things you're more than a conqueror. What does that mean? It means that you're not just somebody that God's delivered. You're now somebody that's carrying the capacity to bring deliverance to others. Learning to engage in that soap. Guys, remember the soap from last Wednesday. Learning to engage in praying the Psalms. Learning to engage in private musical worship is all about you cultivating something in the air around you that looks, smells, tastes, feels like heaven. And when you cultivate this worshipful environment around you, when you cultivate this attitude of angelic, heaven-saturated warfare around your life, when you learn to keep company with the commander of the angel armies, when you learn to rest in the shadow of the Almighty God, enemy access points in your life, enemy things and his little advances and his fiery darts, they're easily recognizable because the exact opposite of what you dwell in every single day. I no longer live drunk on my own cares, my own worries, my own anxieties, and it keeps me from being sober-minded of where the enemy's trying to infiltrate my life because I've created a rhythm of training for warfare in the secret place. The enemy's activity in my life is painfully obvious, and it ends up being painful in the way that I retaliate against him. Can I be honest with you? The devil doesn't want me to bring you this message. You know how I know it? Because I've never not wanted to preach as much as I've not wanted to preach tonight. And I'll tell you why he doesn't want me to tell you this. It's because he's scared. I don't know about you, but one of the things I enjoy more than anything else is beating the snot out of the devil. It's quite honestly one of my very favorite things to do. One of my favorite things to do is to cast demons out of people. You know why I like that so much? Because it reminds him how weak he really is. See, something happens when you cultivate this stubborn discipline, when you learn these tactics of warfare... 
and you make them a part of your daily habitation with God, there's something that happens whenever you're in the middle of a fight. And what it is is that you're able to, in a moment, become aware of what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is saying. The devil might be the prince of the power of the air, but Jesus is the prince of peace. And as I was praying with some, some of our staff earlier today, the Lord started showing me this vision of satellite imagery. These satellite-guided missiles, spiritual missiles from heaven that were locking in on specific targets in people's lives where the enemy has lived and camped in through strongholds, vain imaginations, offenses, different things that are going on in people's lives. And I saw the Lord lock onto these targets and these weapons of mass destruction from heaven totally eradicating the devil's camp. In your life. The only good warfare. And the only good fight. Is the one that we win. It's not a good fight if you lose. And my Bible tells me. That because of Christ Jesus. I'm constantly led in triumphal procession. So the way I begin to train. To engage in spiritual warfare. Is I move into this truth. That I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. And I move into this truth in my life that I'm not fighting for my peace. I'm fighting from a place of peace. So you're not in a good place in the fight if you're fighting for peace. That means something shifted on the inside of you that's not supposed to shift. That means something has not been solidified and and grounded in this spiritual concrete foundation of your life in a time where there was no fight, in the time when, when there wasn't a true engagement, Because, see, your level of readiness in battle is determined by what you do in your leisure time. It's determined by what you do when everything's going okay. It's determined by what you do when nobody else is watching you. And this foundation that has to be laid in our life in order to withstand enemy advances is something that we have to engage in whether we feel like it or not. Because there's something going on in the air. The days that I've wanted to pray the least, the days that I've wanted to spend time in the Word the least, every single time within 24 hours would be when a fight would break out in my life. Or I would be needed to step into a fight in somebody else's life. That's not by accident. There's something in the air. Anytime you start to feel distracted and you start to lose passion for the things of God, your ears better perk up and your spidey senses better kick in. Your supernatural senses better kick in because something is on the move. The scripture just told us out of 1 Peter that our adversary the devil roams about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's going to have a tough time eating me because I know he's out there. And part of the reason why I know he's out there is because I like to kick him. And I like to beat him. And I like to become aware of his attack ahead of time, not while I'm in the middle of it. These sufferings that we experience in our life because of warfare are not unique to us. There's something happening in the air around everyone that's been called a child of God. And it's our job to move into a place of allowing ourselves 
to become disciplined in these rules of war, these rules of engagement, to become refined and expert level in regards to our weapons of warfare, which are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, but they're mighty in God for the tearing down of strongholds. They're mighty in God for the tearing down of demonic power structures in our lives behind which generations in our families have been cursed. Situations in which the enemy has a grip on different areas of our life. God wants to eradicate the enemy's hold from every area of your life. If you're not living totally free, you're not living God's best. If you're not living in victory in every area of your life, then that's the area that we need to see heaven come in. God's will is for you to break free, but we don't break free if we don't know there's a fight and we can't fight a fight that we don't even know what's happening and we can't fight a fight if we don't know how to fight the fight. These disciplines, devotion, private prayer with God, they sensitize our heart to be able to come aware in a moment with who Jesus is. And can I be honest with you? The greatest weapon of warfare that you have in your life as a believer is the weapon of peace. It's the weapon of peace. It's learning to live from a place of the very peace, the shalom, if you will, of heaven. It's learning how to remain fixed, stabled, and anchored to the truth of who God is, no matter the size of the waves. That's not something that you build overnight. That's something that you dedicate your life to. To learning how to not just visit, but how to habitate under the shadow of Almighty God. Learning how to commune with Him in a place of quiet trust and reverence so that when things hit your life that are out of your control, you don't sink. Church, does a boat sink because the water around it or when water gets in it? Water gets in it. We have to move into a place of keeping ourselves so full of God's best, so full of the sound of heaven in our hearts and in our life, so full of the word of God, so full of the Holy Spirit that there's no room for anything else to creep in. In fact, I'm so full of something else that if anything tries to get in, it pushes it out. There's a place of peace that God wants to bring us to. There's a place of clearing the air He wants to bring us to. When Jesus was in the middle of a storm, He spoke a word and it cleared the air. It calmed the wind and the waves. I've got good news for you that Jesus lives on the inside of you and you're going to have to have disciplines in your life that bring you into a place of awareness to hear what He's saying and release it into your air to see those waves dissipate as well. I'm talking spiritual tonight. There's people here tonight that have a lot going on in the air around them. There's a lot of voices that seek to infiltrate your heart and your life. Telling you that you're not strong enough. Telling you that you're not good enough. Telling you that that area of your life will never be able to totally be touched by God bombarded by thoughts bombarded by your past constantly being hit wave after wave after wave of these blows from the enemy and can I be honest with you that struggles in your life 
tend to be pretty consistent if you're following Jesus. Anybody figure that out by now? But they're no match for the faithfulness of God. Consistent struggles in your life are no match for the faithfulness of God. What we have to do is we have to have consistent disciplines in place in our life that allow us to continually, day by day, stay connected to God's faithfulness. Stay connected to His supernatural peace. We see in Jesus' life that He's constantly getting away with the Father. You know the difference between isolation and solitude? Isolation is when you want to be alone with you. Solitude is when you want to be alone with God. In the middle of a spiritual fight, most people want to isolate instead of seek solitude. They want to pull up and back up from everything and everyone because the enemy's a lion. And what he wants to do is, is he wants to isolate you from the pack so that he can devour you. He can tear you to pieces. The time when you want to push yourself out of community is the time that you lean in. Warfare is about doing what the Spirit's leading you to do, not living under the burden of what your flesh feels. We have to clear the air around us. If the only time you hear worship music playing is when you're in church, there's a problem. If the only time you pray is before your meal, there's a problem. If the only time you hear God's word is whenever the pastor says it out loud, there's a problem. I talk for a living, so I forget what I say, where and when I say it. One of the girls that we adopted came to our house very sick. I'm going to use this example to illustrate a point. Came to us very sick. So, so sick, in fact, that she had a, a, a hole in her heart that was like a congenital heart defect. And she came to the house. The night that we got her, the very next day, she was still very sick. She had double pneumonia in both lungs. She had like 104, 105 fever. Very sick baby. Hole in her heart. Came to the house. She came into the house, and the very next morning, very first morning that we had her in the house, my son came into our bedroom, and he looked at my wife, and he pointed at the baby, and he said, Mommy, demon. That's all he said. Mommy, demon. He kept saying it over and over and over again. So my wife did this, the, the smart thing, and she called me to come in. So I came in, and she said, Listen to what he's saying. And he kept saying it. Then he told me, Daddy, demon. And I looked at him. I said, Judah, where do you see the demon? He pointed at the baby. That's a great thing when you just brought a kid home, right? And I said, put your hand on the baby's head. He put the hand on the baby's head. I said, pray this. I told him exactly what to pray. Her fever immediately broke. Pneumonia in her lungs totally cleared. Went to a cardiologist in Dallas a couple months later, and the, heart, the hole in her heart totally closed up. It reversed itself. Now, why, why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because my wife and I have been intentional to cultivate an atmosphere of worship, peace, and rest in our home. And the reason that's important is this is because my children have grown up in an environment to where they, are, they know the presence of God.
And why is that important to know the presence of God? So that when enemy advance comes, you're easily able to recognize the opposition. And you don't go to your carnal thinking of, we're going to have to go through 15 surgeries to get this corrected. And this might not be something she ever recovers from. And she might be sick like this from the rest of her life. My son, a four-year-old, was so sensitive to the presence of God that when enemy advancement came under the radar, slipped under the covering, he knows God's presence so well that he was immediately able to tell a shift in the atmosphere and identify something that was coming to kill, steal, and destroy And a four-year-old, a four-year-old cast a spirit of infirmity off of his sister. My question is, why can't the church do the same thing? It's because we don't know there's a fight. It's because we live sedated and numbed by entertainment, consumption, We live totally distorted in disproportion, chasing the American dream, chasing the bigger house, chasing the bigger car, chasing to be popular at work, chasing to get the latest this, the latest that, and all the while people around us tormented, sick, dying, and oppressed, and our eyes are spiritually blind because we have no discernment to be able to see what's going on in the air. God wants to clear your air, fill it full of his presence so that it becomes easily recognizable where the enemy's trying to wreak havoc in your life. And he wants to do it because he's given you power to win. But the only way for that to happen is with intentional training. Intentional things happening in secret. Intentional times when you get up at night with nobody else knowing and you lay on your face before God. You build personal history with the Lord so that you can have future kingdom potential. You learn the sound of his heart. You learn to feel what it feels like when angels are in a place so that you can immediately spot devils. But we would rather live on the shallow end of the pool. And all the while we have people drowning in our families. Some of you individuals drowning. The people that you work with drowning All because we would rather be lulled to sleep by the spirit of the age. By the prince of the power of the air that distorts and distracts and twists and manipulates. And convolutes the things of God in our life. The days are coming and now is, Jesus says, when the true worshipers of God will worship in spirit and in truth. I desire to see a company of people that are in tune to the Holy Spirit that the level of a four-year-old could be. To recognize what the enemy's doing and to say, not in my house. To recognize what the enemy's doing in my child and say, not in my kid. But you don't get there unless you learn how to keep company with him. You don't get there if you can't push past the things that you feel in your flesh. We'll never be effective in the warfare that God's calling us to if we don't learn how to cultivate the right things in the air around us. Let me tell you that what you release into the air of your life leaves a scent. And only one of two things is going to be attracted to it. Either things of darkness or things of life. If you're constantly releasing negativity, 
And you're constantly releasing grumbling and complaining. And you're constantly reaffirming your victim mentality. And you're constantly reaffirming how nothing ever goes your way. And you're constantly releasing garbage into the air. The demonic is going to hang out with you. Because it's attracted to the smell. But when you make a decision to release praise in the midst of problems, when you make a decision to release fervent prayer in the midst of heartache, when you make a decision to do the things that spiritual warriors are supposed to do, the things of heaven are attracted to your life. Simple. A four-year-old gets it. A four-year-old gets it. My prayer is, is that we would be a people that would willfully choose to have God grow us in what it means to be fighters. To have a righteous anger rise up on the inside of us whenever we see something that's not God's will operating in somebody's life. Not pray if it be thy will. I think God's heard the bad-een of sheep for a really long time. But my Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I think God wants to hear some lions roar in the Lion of Judah's camp that draws, that totally drowns out the sound of our adversary, the devil. I think God wants people that move into a place of recognizing that there's something going on in the air around them And if they're going to engage in this and if they're going to be people that are serious about seeing heaven manifest on earth, then it's going to take time hanging out with the king of heaven and learning from him personally. It's going to take time in a secret place of prayer to connect with his presence in such a way that it marks us. That we're branded by the very fire of his love in our hearts. And that we receive this boldness from God that doesn't tolerate the enemy's schemes doesn't tolerate the enemy's advances. Let me tell you something. If the devil wants to hang around me, that's his choice. But while he's around me, he's going to have to put up with worship. And while he's around me, he's going to have to put up with prayer. And while he's around me, he's going to have to put up with me giving glory to God in every circumstance and situation of my life. And let me tell you this is that if you do that, the enemy will get tired of hanging around you. God wants to heighten our spiritual awareness so that miracles that shake people's lives aren't the special circumstances. They're the ordinary and the everyday. God wants to heighten our spiritual awareness in such a form and fashion that miracles don't surprise us, we expect them. God wants to sharpen our spiritual senses in such a way that we're not sure if there's really demons, we cast them out. God wants to sharpen our spiritual senses in such a way that we're not sure if he's really given his angels charge over us. We walk confidently knowing that we're surrounded by them. God wants us to cultivate something in our life that the same way that we're able to tell when the enemy tries to advance against us because it's the exact opposite of what we're used to keeping company with, He wants to cultivate something in us that's so filled with the residue of heaven 
that where we go, darkness has no choice but to back up. The church has always been meant to be powerful. The church has always meant to be filled with the very fire of God. And I love that through the testimony that Pastor Jacob shared Sunday with baby Urias, that what the enemy meant to steal, kill, and destroy, God used to unite an entire body and to give us an expectancy to see it every time we come together and pray. That's warfare. That's warfare. Warfare is choosing to believe that what Psalm 23 says is real. That he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You want to know the most agonizing thing, if you really want to torment the enemy, is the next time you're in the middle of a fight and you know it's a spiritual one, you make a decision to sit down and feast on the battlefield on the goodness of God. You say, enemy, if you're going to come against my life, you're going to have to be tormented by watching me feast on God's goodness. You're going to have to watch me sit at the table that the Lord's prepared for me as I quietly hope and trust that my God has crushed you underneath my feet. God wants to clear the air around your life. God wants to clear the air around your mind. God wants to loose the shackles from your heart that are keeping you from having healthy relationships. God wants to cut out the tongues of lying spirits that have come to keep you from sleep. God wants to totally shake your life with his glory and his power and the fire of his goodness so that you can be somebody that's cultivated this air around you. That when you step onto the scene, darkness has no choice but to retreat. But it only comes... When we take a daily time to connect with Him. I don't get into the Word so that I can impress others with my knowledge of it. I get in the Word so I can now live impressed by Jesus. I don't get into prayer so that I can feel good about my little spiritual self. I get into prayer so that I can come into alignment with God's heart. So that in the day of adversity, my heart won't be overcome. I take time to worship in private, to cry out to the Lord in song in my car, in my bathroom, when nobody else is home, in the secret place. Not so that I can feel like a spiritual giant, but so that I can constantly have angels singing around me because they are attracted to the aroma being released from my life. It's a powerless church that doesn't pay attention to the spiritual things. It's a powerless church that doesn't have any kind of understanding of warfare. You and I both know that we're not sitting in a powerless church. You and I both know that there's power that's been imparted to us as a body that people around us need. My encouragement to us over these next couple of weeks together is to make a decision to allow God to sharpen our spiritual focus. To allow God to renew the parts of our mind that struggle with all these carnal practices, all these things that seek to blind us to the reality of what's going on and to bring us into a place of living with a sober clarity 
in regards to God's power in my life and the authority that I have over sin, sickness, and the devil. God wants to release a supernatural outpouring of his miracle-working power in your life today. But the only way that it can happen is if you make a choice to use the authority you've been given in Christ to clear the air around you. It's time to clear the air. It's time to silence the voice of the enemy in your life. It's time to deal with the prince of the power of the air that's controlled your thought life for too long. It's time to be done with the perpetual doubting and skepticism. And it's time to fall face first, head over heels, in love with a God who's able to save, heal, deliver, and restore every area of your life. It's time to learn how to put on the armor of God every single day so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil because he does have schemes that he plans every single day. The Psalms say many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of each one. How do we know how to be delivered whenever we have a relationship with the deliverer? How do we know how to release deliverance into the areas of our life that we need it most? When we've learned how to keep company with the Prince of Peace. Only then do we have authority over the Prince of the Power of the Air. I don't know what your struggle is tonight. I don't know what's going on in the air around you. Anxiety might be trying to attach itself to you. Different mental disorders and diagnoses might be trying to attach itself to you. Relational strain in your family might be trying to attach itself to you. The enemy continually coming against your marriage and the fear of a divorce might be trying to attach itself to you. I don't know what's going on in the air around you, but what I do know is that we serve a God that's able to clear the air and for his peace to fill up the atmosphere around you that you're able to sleep tonight. That God's grace is able to wash over your mind and touch your heart if we'll make a decision to come into a place of spiritual awareness. If that's you, and you need the air cleared around you tonight, all I want you to do is bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. Andrew's going to play. And as he plays, this music... I want you to call out to the Lord. Father, your word says that you'll fight for us. We need only to be still. Jesus, you take it personal whenever your children come under attack. So I bind the mouth of the adversary, the devil, and we loose the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah in this camp tonight. And in the name of Jesus, we come against every opposing spirit of fear, anxiety, depression, compulsion, suicide. 
We no longer tolerate you in our lives. We no longer allow ourselves to be weakened to the point that we think we have to put up with you. But we serve eviction notices on spirits in our airspace that do not belong. We command you to go in Jesus' name. Go. Father, fill this place with your angelic hosts. Father, wrap your loving arms around those that are in the middle of a fight. Father, I release your peace over those, Lord, that are struggling with the warrings in the air around them. And I thank you for your peace saturating them. I thank you for your peace overtaking them, God. I thank you for a whirlwind of your peace coming around them that's laying waste to the structures of the enemy. Father, I thank you for freedom and a refreshing falling upon their lives tonight. Not accident, plague, calamity, or struggle, or hardship, God, but a fresh release of your refreshing grace upon their lives. It's your anointing, God, that breaks the yoke. Jesus, you're the anointed one. And as we become aware of you, as we see your smiling face, as we see your nail-scarred hands that say, this is proof that I've defeated your adversary. And you place those hands upon us and you blow your breath within us. Jesus, we come alive and we respond to your Lordship. We respond to the touch of heaven in this place. We respond to the whispers of your heart, Lord. Jesus, we respond to the victory songs of the throne room that you're releasing over our hearts and our lives. And Father, we all will not be satisfied until this is our place of habitation. Father, we'll not be satisfied until we learn that our fighting place is our resting place. You're the God of all grace. You're the giver of all life. Let your kingdom come. And your will be done in our lives. We no longer release an excuse why it's not your will. But Father, we choose to rise up with a courage and a boldness to still believe your will is able to come to pass in the miracle that's overdue in our life. There's no expiration date on the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no expiration date on the power of your love. Rise up strong in us, O Lord. Grant that our eyes might see your goodness in the land of the living. That our ears might be in tune to the whispering of your voice of peace. Establish us in righteousness, we pray. Cover us underneath the shadow of your wings. Those of us in the room tonight, God, that have not been able to breathe easy. Father, the despair has tried to creep in because they've seen miracles all around them. But not what they've wanted to see in their life. Father, I pray today for a breath of fresh air. That that vice grip around their throat would break in Jesus' name. And they'd be able to breathe again, Lord. Full breaths. No more panic in Jesus' name. Devil, you've been found out. Your devices are exposed. Don't tolerate your activity in our airspace any longer. There it is. 
peace, God. Feasting on your goodness is how we fight our battles. Declaring your word is how we secure your promises in our hearts. Train us, Holy Spirit, to be a people that know how to fight and that have a hunger to win. All for the glory and the honor of the name that's above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody that loves Jesus, say amen. Amen. Hmm. Ministry teams, if you come. You need somebody to believe with you for a miracle tonight. You need somebody to stand with you arm in arm and to say, I'm not going to tolerate this activity in your life any longer. There's a powerful thing happening in times like these. You can leverage an anointing that's readily accessible, readily able. It's in the air around us. To see a victory come in whatever area you're standing and believing God for. Over these next several weeks, we're going to learn to grow in warfare. Not just so that we can be free. But I want everybody in this room to experience the profound joy that comes from being used by God to bring freedom to somebody else. I don't know what you're facing. But two things I heard clear from the Lord tonight was, it's time to reclaim the air around you. And the second was this, is that tonight the tides turn in your favor. Believe and receive. Trust that he's good. If you need ministry, come. Love you. We'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your night.